0: It is Halloween. Is that Halloween, a thing? Yeah. Halloween. The week of Halloween. And of course, how had to give it that, yeen, you know, that spooky Halloween.
1: Is that right. your spooky voice? No. Spooky Halloween.
0: Very good. Okay. <laughs> it's Halloween week. And yeah, Saturday is Halloween. So, wow. Here we are. We are talking about astrology is something we have mentioned we were going to talk about the last couple weeks. If you tuned in to last week's episode, we gave a couple quick little innuendos to what we were going to be discussing. And of course, if you are new to the show, we love October and Halloween, and we are here to record and to talk all things spooky Bible stuff, even though we were exhausted yesterday was our COVID-friendly, mind you, party which was still a lot of work for us, even though it was a lot less people and all that. Like, we still kind of went all out, which is what we always do. And we're tired, but we're here. We had this episode planned out and ready. So we have some pretty cool stuff that we're going to share. At least I think it's really cool. And I want to go ahead and give a quick disclaimer, or not disclaimer, that's the wrong word. Uh, I guess kind of uh, like a, a, a in addition to this episode. If you are into this kind of stuff, you really want to hear more about it. If you go to our website, TheRecklessPursuit.com, in the top, you will see Itinerant. That is my other show uh, that I did last year. And season two is still TBD on that. I'm discussing on what that's going to look like. Elaine and I have quite a bit of, pro, uh, I guess, like projects in the work. We have what? Go ahead. Say what you gotta say. You're smiling. Well,
1: I was gonna say we also just kind of discussed a new project that we want to work on oh, for yeah. next Halloween. Yeah,
0: but it's not spiritual. No, it's at not, all. Spiritual, it's not a spiritual at all. Thing That's at all, okay. But it is a horror podcast that we're wanting to work on, uh, specifically like a, a story that Elaine and I are working on right now about. Uh, let's just put it this way: it is about um, a couple who. Are not quite done being together, despite life having other plans. So it's interesting. We're we're working on that, and so that is something that we're wanting to do as a big launch next year. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> back to what well, we're I was the listeners, we've are going I was to say the as the
1: listeners of the Reckless Pursuit, you have the first preview or first notice of this project because yes. this isn't really something that we've told many people about. So
0: it's going to be cool, though. That is the plan. This is going to be a fantastic uh, story to follow along with. And I
1: feel like maybe since we just announced that we were doing that and that it is going to be like a year-long process, maybe every s- few months or so we can kind of give an updated progress. Sure. If
0: you want that, of yeah. course. Yeah. You know, we don't know if that's really like outside the realm of what we do here. But anyway, we need to get to today's topic. We're talking about astrology and this is our finale for October. Uh, this is the last October uh, episode of the year. Man, that's crazy to think about. And like I was going to, or like I was trying to get at a second ago, if you're into all this, I have a few episodes. If you go to the reckless pursuit.com, look up itinerant, uh, my episode on Ezekiel, I have quite a few. Uh, I think there's actually three episodes that all tie into this very topic that I'm actually pulling some of my information from because I've done the research before. Or if you really want to do it, just go and type in astrology in the search bar in the top right corner of our website and it will pull up the like there's like five episodes it pulls up really when this thing comes out there'll be like six episodes Mm -hmm. it pulls up and if you just scroll down you'll look for uh, a few that have kind of like older painting style photos and those are all itinerant episodes where I dive into this stuff even deeper so I want to kind of start by talking about what astrology is and why Christians are so scared of it Uh, So astrology, I may have mentioned this last week, or I don't remember if I was, I think it was actually just you and I talking, I don't think Mm -hmm. this was recorded, but what's the difference in astrology and astronomy? Well, we're told, well, astrology is witchcraft, and astronomy is just the study of planets, right? That's not exactly true. Uh, Astrology is the study, or let's just start with astronomy. Astronomy is the study of celestial entities, and astrology is the study of how celestial entities impact us on a personal level or a systemic level. So one is understanding the the object, the the heavens, the celestial bodies. The other is understanding how those celestial bodies interact with us.
1: Which is where you get to the like astro astrological chart. Did I say that astrological chart, where you have your zodiac names and your mm-hmm. your different personalities. And so that's what people associate astrology with is like zodiac type of stuff. Right,
0: but that's not all. It is. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have used astrology back when astrology was termed. Now we have kind of given a new word for astronomy because there's like separate, there's like differentiators in the practice and everything like that. But originally, astrology was more astron astronomical. Is that the right word? That sounds normally that's used like like big, large. Huge. But I mean, I guess uh, like it was more astronomy based. But at its core, astrology is not divination, which is where people start drawing the differentiator there and start getting weird. So just to kind of point out, astrology was very common in the Bible. Our entire calendrical system is based off of astrology. Everything is based off the patterns of the sun and moon. Uh, And yes, I understand that's like I said, kind of gets into astronomy, but originally that was astrology. That was not astronomy. And so like a lot of the Bible is written around an astrological clock And we're going to get into that in just a second because it's a lot of fun and it really makes Christians nervous. Before we get into all the different things about what astrology uh, is in the Bible, I want to talk about why is astrology frowned on or frowned upon within the Christian circles. Uh, And so this is kind of a, a shocker, but the Bible never actually says astrology is wrong. The things that the Bible says, well, I'll just read out of Deuteronomy, when you come into the land that the Lord your God has given you, I think we actually read from the same scripture last week, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. I always, I can't hear the word abominable and not think of Rudolph Snowman? the Red-Nosed yeah. Reindeer. I'm sorry. But anyway, beside the point. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or daughter as an offering. Thank God that's outlawed. Uh, yeah. Anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens. Or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead for whoever does those things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of those abominations, the Lord is driving them out before you. There's a few other verses that talk about uh, trying to use the stars for divining purposes or trying to use signs and omens.
1: to Predict the future. Right.
0: And this all comes back to the idea of divination. Right. Kind of ties back into last week's episode and that's why we kind of touched on this a little bit then, but divination is the practice that is highly frowned upon. Astrology, not so much, but astrology and divination have become synonymous, even more so that we've started using the word astrology to solely explain those type of things, even though that's not all it is. So sure, when you start looking at like, what's my sign and is that make me compatible with someone else and all this kind of stuff, that's when you start getting into the divination side of it. And I just want to go ahead and say, like, as far as I'm concerned, There's not a lot of merit to that other than I do think people born in certain seasons do adapt certain characteristics. I think there is something to that. I don't know that it's like astrological as much as it is just seasonal and conditioning.
1: Well, I remember there was this meme floating around and it was like what your zodiac sign says about you. And it had like all the zodiac names or all the different signs. And then it said something along the lines of like, the stars alignment can't predict your future something like that. And it was basically saying like, this has no merit over your life. You can't predict your future. You, the stars have nothing to do with your personality. And my first thought was like, oh yeah, whatever. Scroll past that, you know, whatever. Cause I, I don't practice that. I, I don't, go after looking for my Zodiac name and all. You don't know, like
0: reading vague newspaper articles that can apply to I was going to say, when population. I was 13,
1: I thought it was cool. But now being almost 25, I, that's not something that I practice or believe heavily in. However, I also thought, well, that's not necessarily not true because whenever you think about the stars and planets and all the alignment, and then you start talking about, oceanic tides and how like, you know, it's scientifically proven that things happen when there's full moons and animals act differently. And I, while I don't necessarily believe that the stars can predict my future or tell me specifically what my personality is or who I'm compatible with, I do believe that there is some significance to that and it can lead you down A path of recognizing the patterns of different things. And then you start thinking, well, what about the farmer's almanac and how if you're not supposed to predict the future, but then you have like weathermen who are like, well, watching the clouds and the sun, it's it's the same, it's reading the sun. Yeah, it's like it's a 50% chance it's going to rain today. Well, are you predicting the future because you told us the forecast? Like, and you just kind of start like think, like trying to compartmentalize what is the difference of I'm telling my future and hey I can see these patterns and this is likely to happen.
0: Well and I'm about to dive into a whole lot of that in the Bible which makes this whole conversation even hairier and it all comes down to one thing again and if you caught last week's episode you already know what that thing is but we'll save it to the end just for the fun of it. Uh, But it's very interesting because you start looking at what you're saying there like there's a very big gray area. Have like okay? It, we we do know if anyone has worked in a in nursing or anything like that, which I have family who does, and they'll be the first to tell you. Full moons, you're gonna have a Friday packed the 13th ER. Friday the thirteenth, A packed ER, a packed <laughs> ER, a packed emergency room, not an ER. Yeah, but yeah, maybe uh, anyway. Um, Friday the thirteenth. I don't know about that one. That one's kind of a little more. I feel well, like that one. What's the power one, that you give it? Right. going to say, I think that one's more of a psychological power, type like the week Yeah. You know, it's poltergeist in a sense. We've given it power. Even though Friday the 13th have never really scared me. No, I always kind of find them fun. But also kind of gives
1: power to Halloween. We're like, Because sure. you asked me the other day, you were like, is the veil actually th- more thin on Halloween? Or is it just because we like gave it that
0: power? And the answer is yes. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> to both. Because Maybe. you give it the power, that power. Yes, and? <laughs>
0: Whenever you start realizing your spiritual potential, if you feel that spiritual is closer, you're drawing it closer kind of thing. Uh, we're getting into some like more philosophical stuff. But that would be a fun episode to do next year. Of just uh, so stay
1: tuned for Halloween 2021. Yes, <laughs>
0: uh, when things are hopefully more yes. normal and not as like restricted. this is m-
1: me predicting the future, everything will be great next year.
0: Is that are you reading that in your tea leaves that you're drinking right now?
1: More like my palm. Oh, okay, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> very nice. So, uh, the whole thing with astrology is like you're saying, weathermen are they predicting the future because they can see the tides of things are people predicting the future when they can look at stars. Well then you have to go back and ask yourself. So a lot of this comes down to omens, right? There's a whole lot of talk about not predicting omens. And it's very interesting to me the idea of an omen because it it's kind of the whole like don't read too much into things. And there's some merit to that. But also the Bible's full of people reading omens, even Jesus saying like signs and wonders you will perform. And a sign is kind of an omen. An omen is like you see something and it makes you aware of something to come. Well, a sign is something kind of similar. Like uh, miracles. Yeah, all of that is very similar. As a matter of fact, you know, I just read in in Deuteronomy where it's like, don't try to interpret omens. And then Genesis one fourteen. Uh, says, and this is talking about the planets, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate day from night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So they're for telling time and predicting. That's literally what it says. And that sign, the word sign there, if you look up the Hebrew definition, can also be interpreted as omen. Uh, They're synonymous words. It can mean the same thing. (laughs) And so it's for patterns. Uh, It's for that very thing whether that be predicting the weather or predicting who knows what, but it is the same word in Genesis. And then it goes on to say, but don't do that in Deuteronomy. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so, but obviously the the power is actually there. And then going to what you're saying, there has to be some merit to astrology because we know that the sun is holding everything in orbit around it now. We are aware of Earth's gravity. We are aware of the gravity of the moon pulling on the ocean. We know now that like, scientists are starting to research because of uh you know menstrual cycles and how the moon actually moon phases actually affect women's hormones which means it most likely affects men's hormones in some way as well and all of these things do play into each other and these are giant celestial rocks and you're like okay but isn't that kind of astrology when you start looking at it like if you think about the sun which is you know the sign for leo is the sun in in the The Zodiac, if you look, that is the the energy synonymous with Leo. July, whenever the sun is hot, it's closest, you know we're closer to the Earth in the summer months, uh, even if you're in the Southern hemisphere, sorry, like you're still closer. To the Earth is closer in general. And you are experiencing uh, more gravitational pull because we're going around. like that's the the rotation, maybe not more gravitational pull, but you're experiencing the rotation of the Earth. So obviously, the sun has some influence over our lives because it's holding us in limbo. And so to say that like weather and stuff cannot affect our mood is is absurd because it very much does you affect You have mood. like
1: seasonal depression, especially in the winter where like people feel more depressed and feel more blue and feel more lonely.
0: Yep. And and that can go into the whole thing of vitamin D, which yeah. means if you're not out in the sun as much, you're not producing as much vitamins. So which again <laughs> is the sun yes. influencing by astrology's definition, the influence of planets on us. Well, there you have it. Like
1: there is an effect.
0: If we're creating vitamin D from the sunlight the, sun, the, the you know, sun the sunlight, and I don't need to explain that. But it, I think that that is indeed an influencer and effect. So in some instances to dismiss astrology as complete hogwash is in essence hogwash,
1: mm-hmm. which to me I find a lot of beauty in that. Of like I don't worship the sun or the stars But my relationship with God and how I view God, I'm like, wow, God created that. Wow, that's such an amazing gift or tool or just relationship that we have with nature and space and all of that stuff. And I, I just find a lot of beauty in that. And I've mentioned to you multiple times of when I think about my relationship with God and how I view God and how I view Jesus, the number one reason why I always come back to God and the number one reason why I believe that God is, you know, who he says he is and all of this stuff and and why we're deeply connected spiritually is because God created the beauty of nature, the beauty of life and death and, you know, all of those things. And so it's okay to find beauty in astrology or astronomy or whatever you want to call it. It's okay to find beauty and be in awe and wonder of the stars and the moon and and how planets align.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that kind of comes down to the whole idea that it's all about kind of expressing the creation, the beauty of creation, like worshiping the creator versus the created and looking that one step further and seeing like, okay, I'm looking beyond just the created and looking at the creator. I mean, you can kind of even go into like, there's numerous Bible verses talking about the stars worshiping uh, in Psalms 148, 147, like numerous of the Psalms have poems to that
1: as I say, I think that was my background that went viral. And, mm-hmm. and then
0: you go into Isaiah, and it's like, who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army one after another, calling each by name. You know, that like
1: song, If the Stars Were Made to Worship, and yes. so will I.
0: And so there's obviously lots of reference to the stars giving way to the glory of Christ. And so reading into that, you're seeing the pattern of Christ through the pattern of creation, which is something we talk about a whole lot, very frowned upon in Christianity, you don't. I don't get it. I think we're too scared because we are scared to like come near something even though like we we just have weird assimilations.
1: Well, and that goes back to the very beginning of this Halloween series when we talked about fear and how a lot of people, not just Christians, but people in general, fear what they can understand. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't understand something, it's terrifying. And a lot of aspects of God, we as humans don't understand. And so we like to box it up and wrap it up and say, well, it's this and only this because this makes sense to me. This feels good to me because I understand this. And so I don't fear it. But whenever there's a new idea or a new perspective or new understanding, understanding, it can be terrifying, extremely terrifying, especially if you are going through deconstruction even, because then you have all these other questions unraveling. And then there's so many other things that we don't realize how much we box God in mm-hmm. and how much we box God's creation in. And if we allowed ourselves permission and grace enough to explore these things and recognize we're not worshiping the creation. We're finding beauty in what the creator created.
0: Mm And what the creation says about the works of the creator. So with all that being said, let's dive into the fun stuff now. Let's kind of poke around at what the Bible, when Bible, I guess, heroes or characters or when even Christians to this day use astrology without even knowing it. And this is a very interesting one. My favorite one which appears in Revelation, and more famously in Ezekiel, is the beings, I guess the the cherubim or the creatures made of eyes that are the faces going to and fro, right? So I'm just going to read this this uh, excerpt from Ezekiel chapter 1, which if you haven't read, it is the trippiest crap in the Bible. As for the lightness of their faces, this is talking about four giant creatures, okay, that Ezekiel sees in this dream carrying the the, the glory of God is... So he's literally saying these are the the living mobile unit of the throne that sits upon them. Like God literally is sitting upon these beings. Each had a human face. The four had the face of a lion on the right side, the face of an ox on the left, the face uh, on an eagle. And then wait, wait where'd he go? And then let's see, the four had a face of a lion, a man, an ox and an eagle. Sorry. And their wings were spread out above. Each creature had two wings Each of which touched the wings of another, while two covered their bodies, and each went straight forward. Whenever the spirit would go, they went, without turning as they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches moving to and fro among the living creatures the fire was bright and out of the fire went forth lightning and the living creatures darted to and fro like the appearance of a flash of lightning. Now, as I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the earth beside the living creatures, each for which of the four of them. As for the appearance of the wheels, their construction, the appearance was the gleaming barrel and the four had some, uh, had the lightness, the appearance and construction being as it were a wheel within a wheel emphasis on that part. When they went, they went in any of the four directions without turning as they went. The rims were tall and awesome, so Ezekiel was into his rims. He liked big tires, big rims, the whole works. Uh, I don't blame him. Pretty cool. Anyway, so, and he goes on to talk about, like, how they moved and how they stood. They rose from the earth, and the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. And so, all of that to say, if you think of, or if you look at a Zodiac wheel, if you take the 12 symbols of the Zodiac, how they are laid out, If you look at the cardinal directions, north, south, east, and west, you will find a man, a ox, a lion, and Scorpio, which if you research anything into astrology or into the zodiac signs, Scorpio is the only sign that represents the duality of good and evil. And whenever it is operating in evil, it is a scorpion. When it is good, it is an eagle. And so that is, it's always been interchanged. It, it, Scorpio can be an eagle or uh, a scorpion, despite the fact that most of the time we just associate it with a scorpion nowadays because of the name. But so literally Ezekiel, and then if you look within a wheel within a wheel, if you look at the way the charts are laid out, it is a wheel within a wheel. Like mm-hmm. you have the, the 12 months, the 24 hour se- cycle, you know, the, the dualities there, and then you have the inner wheel of the actual symbols themselves. And so even down to the wings touching, if you look at it, you have four primaries. And if you start dividing them down where you have two wings for each covering the body, and then if you look to the next, you have touching. So that means there's what? there That makes four, eight, nine, 10, 11. That makes 12 different entities. I'd have to like draw this out for you to see what I mean. But it's even going down to dividing into the months by talking about this. And uh, it, it's just very interesting. So all of Ezekiel is talking about Signs in the sky. Uh, if that's not enough for you, so the living beings were literally signs in the sky. Uh, then you go to Bethlehem, and let's just talk about Bethlehem for a second, okay? Uh, the story of Jesus's birth is about a star that's not supposed to be in the sky that brings an omen that the birth of the Savior has come, and so these shepherds and wise men. Now let's talk about shepherds and wise men for a second. Shepherds. And wise men are the two most famous groups of people that were astrologers. Shepherds watched signs and seasons, mostly specifically looking for seasons and changes to help govern their sheep. They were keen observers of times and seasons and omens. And wise men were not wise men at all. That's just a fancy word we gave them to cover up their original name because of the roots of their original name. So thanks, Protestant Christianity or Cat, whoever did it, Catholic, Christian, whatever it happened. Thank you for uh, covering this little one up to try to deceive us here. But it's Magi or Magi. I'm sure you've heard that somewhere along the way, which means magician, mind you. The Magi were magicians. I feel like this
1: is where like the veil just like right? tears away.
0: And specifically, most likely They are heirs or, I guess, uh, learned practitioners under Daniel, who served under Nebuchadnezzar as a wise man or as a reader of omens because he read Nebuchadnezzar's dreams whenever his own magicians couldn't. And so uh, Daniel's like, hey, actually, I can do this because my God gives me the authority to read these, tells him about his dreams which have their own astrological representation. If you start looking into those, I don't even have time to try to get into all that right now. I'll just look into it. And so basically he reads the signs uh, of the dream and becomes the chief among his people there. So he begins teaching people. So most likely these descendants were influenced by Zoroastrianism. All of that come down through into Daniel, coming influenced from Judaism to read and know the prophecies, to watch for the omen in the sky of the star of Bethlehem that leads them to the birth of the or I guess, to Jesus. Very interesting, but they were most certainly astrologers as well. Then you get into Revelation, and this is where things get fun. Um, I'm just going to kind of read real quick. Do I want to read this or do I just want to dive straight into? Let's just go straight into what you have in your journal, Elaine, because we wrote down all this stuff one time. You want me to go through it, or how do you want to do it?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, as I was looking back on my notes, um, you'll have to, like—
0: That's fine. I can flip them real quick yeah. and decipher them. So Elaine and I have a journal here where we've done a lot of research on this very thing. So give me just a second, and I'll pull through here. So this is all back to the stuff with the—all uh, the different— and this is just going through Revelation, by the way. I don't have exact verses. It's in—it's where, basically, it starts talking about the prediction of the second coming of Christ— So we go back to all of the different things with the zodiac signs, with the cherubim, and it goes into something else. It says their creatures are made entirely of eyes uh, gleaming like fire. And so when you start thinking of that, what is a, a constellation? A constellation is a body of stars linked together. What are stars? They burn like fire. They look like small eyes. You start seeing the correlation. A creature made of eyeballs is a constellation uh, we mentioned that before on the show, I know, but just to kind of recap that. Revelation 4, verses 6 through 9. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal, and around the throne on each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind, the first living creature like an lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them six wings are full of eyes around and within and day and night. They never cease to say, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. What is six times four? 24. 24 hours in a day. It says all day long, they cry, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So these creatures made of eyes that represent literally a lion, an ox, a man, an eagle, The four primary signs, Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio, are quite literally circling every 24 hours. So literally, it's saying the stars are circling, worshiping. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then we even have on here this stuff about the different um, symbols and what they represent, that uh, Leo is primarily associated with a carnelian, Taurus, a jasper, an emerald, Aquarius is supposed to be representative of Christ. And then I guess this scorpion eagle, you just have interchanging, Mm -hmm. which we already talked about. The Carnelian and Jasper are talking about the stones on the throne. Mm -hmm. And then verses two through four is that what chapter is that? Do you know? Uh, Right here, okay, it's still chapter four. Uh, Once I I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with the one seated on the throne, and he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald around the throne were 24 thrones seated on his throne were 24 elders clothed in white garments with gold crowns on their heads. So you start looking at that right there, uh, and that's going back to, it's talking about around the throne, the sea of rainbow. You look at Leo and Taurus, which are the primaries, carnelian and jasper and then emerald is astrology is associated with the planet mercury and it is the messenger of the sun and so by talking about the rainbow that is going forth from the throne to the earth is almost like that it is talking about the messenger of the son of god right mercury emerald orbits the sun is what you have wrote down there yeah because it's the fastest orbiting planet so very interesting stuff there you have literally the planet Uh, Mercury orbiting as the rainbow around the throne when you start looking at that. Okay, if you're following with me, let's go ahead and go to Revelation 12. Let me flip over there real quick. And so you have verses 1 and 2. This is where we're talking about the woman and the dragon. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was crying out birth pains in the agony of giving birth. Uh, Before I mention this one real quick, I want to kind of jump backwards and say the 24 elders are also representative of 24 hours in a day, day, constantly crying out, holy, holy. So this woman is Ursa Major. Ursa Major is also um, pretty commonly depicted as a woman who has 12 stars over her head. Uh, So there's that and the moon under her feet being the position of the sky whenever the end of times, I guess, were to come, like the positioning in the sky. The crown is, uh, what does that say? Corona Borealis. Okay, I'll just leave that for whoever that is because I don't remember what all that is. And then, of course, it starts talking about the great dragon um being Draco, the constellation Draco. This is all talking about the way the stars are aligning at the time that whenever uh John on the Isle of Patmos, is that right? Yeah. Uh, is kind of like noticing these stars adding up to different things. He's watching the way these play out. And that's just touching the surface, reading from some of these notes here. Quite literally, down to the stones on the breastplate, down to the way that this great dragon and this whore of Babylon or whatever, this woman on the throne in the sky, all these different things are talking about astrological events. These aren't like, and and I don't know if you were this way or not, but like whenever I grew up, I grew up in a very charismatic, fundamental upbringing, and I quite literally remember them talking about these events as if there is a giant dragon that is like Satan fighting some woman in the in the air and everything, and these were very literal things that were going to happen, and. It was terrifying. <laughs> like, I was going to say, isn't
1: that where like the left behind movies kind of come into play? Some
0: of it. Yeah, that comes into the whole Antichrist and all Which that.
1: all dwells on fear. Yes. And not understanding <laughs> what the scriptures are saying.
0: And so like when you start realizing like these are events, like they're trying to show you a time and a place that this is kind of happening and like it all starts making a little bit more sense. This is all reading going back to Genesis and you start looking. The Bible is kind of a loop in a way is if you read through from Genesis through uh, Malachi, wait, is that, no, yeah, Zechariah, yeah, so the end of like the, from beginning to the end of Old Testament, it is man working themselves away from God, and then you get into Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, working yourself back to Christ. And so it's literally a pendulum, and it's trying to work its way back to Genesis, right? So the Bible's a loop. And whenever you start realizing that, like, okay, in the beginning, God created the sky to show you these times, right? And then in Revelation, it's talking about using the sky to dictate the end. And in the beginning, it was using the sky to dictate the beginning, right? It begins and ends. There's this asphyxiation on heaven and this idea of the heavens in general and the vastness. And so what it all comes down to is astrology is used. Quite regularly throughout the Bible, the difference is it was used to glorify Christ. Yeah, and that was—it's what, it's what it all comes back to:
1: it's your intention and your purpose.
0: If you want to read your your horoscope, it, there's no sin in reading a horoscope. That's to
1: say if you find like fun and it's it's you know quirky to say, "Ooh, does this match my mood today?" Like,
0: but if you put stock and try yeah. to mold your mood around it. Then most certainly, yeah. that's where you start falling into sin, whenever you let it start taking authority over your life. But finding the patterns of Christ in creation is as God like as it comes. And I just, the reason we bring this up is to realize like there's a lot of spooky things that we give too much authority to. Now, to loop this back around to our first episode in this series, fear, there's too many things that we give authority to because we don't understand it. It's not necessarily our job to understand everything, it's okay to not understand something. But don't let the lack of understanding create a fear or a paranoia or a a phobia or an idol even, or however you want to look at it, or a superstition and turn you away from an aspect of God that otherwise could be revealed. And that's the thing is God is in creation. He's sown through creation. And so much, you know, the stars are made to worship. You know, even the rocks will cry out. You start looking at these little cues. The Bible drops like creation is the essence of Christ. There's a reason the sun analogy is used so frequently parallel to Jesus. Mm. You know, the light of the world. Come on, think about that. <laughs> what, else, what is the light of the world in reality? If you look up to the heavens, it's the sun. If you look to the lion of the tribe of Judah sounds a whole lot like Leo You know, when you start looking at that, the 12 tribes of Israel all have their relations to the 12 disciples, which all have their relations to the 12 signs of the Zodiac. It's all representative and it's scalable. It's just like looking down into the body versus out into space. You start looking at brain neurons connecting and they Mm -hmm. look similar to galaxies forming. It's all infinitely expandable in every direction to exemplify the beauty of creation or of the creator.
1: And there's beauty in tapping into that and aligning yourself spiritually with those things and recognizing just how aligned we are with nature in itself, not just space and the stars, but also nature. There's a reason why water has healing powers, you know, physical and makes you... Well, we're made of it. Yeah, well, we're made of water. But there's a reason why water is so healing and and why it can, how it brings life, and and whenever you, like to me, I just kind of envision like sitting on a mountaintop. Nobody gets to the mountaintop and is like, wow, this is ugly. I don't feel aligned here. Everyone is, even if you don't like hiking, you know, I, I, I get that, but what I'm saying is like when you're out in nature and you're just like, I feel peace, I feel this gentle spirit. I feel deeply connected. And whenever you spend any time out in nature, you you automatically feel better. Yeah. And there's just that deep connection of God's creation. We are God's creation. Nature is God. Cre- is God's creation. Space is God. Like all of it is deeply connected, way more than we even give credit to.
0: Yeah, that kind of all goes back to the whole thing of like, to me in the beginning god said let there be sounds a whole lot like a big bang if you don't know what yeah. the sound sounds like you know like i can imagine god's voice sounds a whole lot like a big bang to bring forth existence like we're talking about the same thing here. yeah but anyway don't be afraid of what you don't understand and uh, yeah there's a lot out there left to be explored well, and, and don't just, let just the tip of the iceberg don't let Word.
1: fear get in the way of you pursuing recklessly Mind too, <laughs> pursuing your relationship with Christ and pursuing a relationship with God and how you view others. Don't let fear stagnate your faith.
0: Yep. Perfectly well said to wrap this up. Guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Always, you can find us on therecklesspursuit.com. You can drop us an email. You can find us on Nomads, a safe community for Christians to ask unsafe questions. Find the links for that in the show notes below. You can find us on TikTok at the at underscore trp podcast and pretty much anywhere you want to find us we would love to chat we're most active on tiktok and instagram just saying uh but we're out there and we are looking forward to having these conversations with you we love you guys and happy halloween
1: happy halloween happy halloween
0: yes and as always be brave be bold and be reckless we'll We'll talk talk soon